So, okay, everybody, welcome back. Um, yes, we ladies were at an amazing retreat, and you guys got to experience a little bit of what we did because Catherine also led worship. She and Aletta led worship uh, for us at the retreat last weekend. So you guys got to experience the... Um, just the love of the Lord pouring out for you like we did. It was just, this has been like an extension of last week. And um, tonight we're going to hear from several ladies, um, their testimonies from the weekend. But mine is, um, You know, we talk a lot about being released into your destiny and following your dreams around here. And we want that for each one of you. And, um, and this weekend, what I realized for me was an unfolding of a dream in that um, I came away being so proud of my friends, my sisters that were with me on that retreat. The dream was is that many years ago when Brent and I started Blazing Fire, we wanted to provide um, an environment where people could heal, people could grow, people could be released into all that God has for them and the special person the treasure that they are. And as I, as I witnessed on uh, last weekend, our, my sisters totally rolled out the blazing fire red carpet to our guest speaker, Elizabeth Enloe. They were... I don't even know how to describe. They were a, such a blessing to my heart. It was, uh, it was incredible. It was... When a pastor from another church who is new to the area, new to the state, can say... <laughs> can say that she felt like she was at home. You guys, I don't know about you, but I can totally relate. She came from a church that she totally loved, a body of believers that um, she and her husband had, um, you know, had started this other church in their other state. And, um, and then they felt called God, calling him to move to California and so three years ago, they did, and they left this beloved church and this beloved body. And so for Elizabeth to say that she felt like she was at home after three years of being here in California and hanging out for a weekend with the ladies from Blazing Fire, and for her to say that she felt like she was at home, that was like, <laughs> yes, God. God, you're so good. You are so good. To, to, I can't express it well right now. Maybe someday I will, but it, 
it was um, these guys came up. We we also practiced the prophetic, and she really got tickled by being prophesied over with some objects uh, that were given to her as a gift. And you know how sometimes we've done that where, you know, these are prophetic, um, prophetic gifts, um, and, and then there's a prophetic word that goes along with the gift that explains this. And I really think she was blown away by that, um, by that gift, by those prophetic words. And then... These guys surrounded her and prayed for her. And then she says that, that she, well, she couldn't remember the last time that a group of women had gotten around and prayed for her in the last, you know, three years since she left her home state. And so that was just such a blessing to my heart. I mean, I'm not saying it well, and I'm not conveying it, but you guys, I was just so proud. But then realizing, too, that this is, this is the, the result of that, for hanging it around and really getting our hearts connected over these last 15 years. I know some of you haven't been here that long, but there is something about growing up together and then stepping into who you really are. And doing it with a body, a group of family members that um, you believe in. <laughs> and that God just kisses you in so many different ways through that. So, um, yes, one of, the, um, one of the prophetic gifts were my Wonder Woman shoes. <laughs> we'll see if I can fill them. <laughs> So, um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Pastor Susan Folkler, who uh, will touch our hearts deeply once again. So actually, before you finish clapping, this is going to be a little bit of a joint effort tonight. Um, so um, I, I asked a few of the ladies from the retreat to share their stories, what God's been was doing in their heart through the weekend. We heard some, oh my goodness, it was so awesome just being with one another and just, just hearing each other. Um, God was doing, I think, something different in every single person. And how many of you know if you've ever been to a retreat or a time of you getting away, it's always like that, right? You might have a theme or something, but God so custom designs how he wants to minister to each one of our hearts. So I'm wondering if um, I'm going to have Carice and then Marilyn come up, okay? So Carice, come on up, and she's going to share. <laughs> she's she's saying me too. Thanks, Carice. Hi. Okay, so my name is Carice, and I've been at Blazing Fire since 2014 in July when the Lord brought me here through Google. So thank you, Jesus. And um, I'll share that story some other time. Uh, Blazing Fire Church is a place where when I first got here was what really healed my heart, um, healed lots of wounds, so that I can encounter Papa at a whole new level and truly 
be able to be who God called me to be, and from that place, be me. So this truly is my safe space. You know how the world says, we need a safe space. Well, blazing fire is safe space. And um, at the retreat, it was so precious because even though I've been here since 2014 in July, and I know a lot of faces, I felt like I didn't know that many people. I didn't really connect with people because you know, you're just in the presence of God on Saturdays and then you leave and then you come back and then you're in God's presence and God's awesome, but ha. Ah. So this weekend, I just got to, to really get to be known and to know those around us and worship was amazing at every session. And one of the sessions, um, I just really was able to be childlike and I said to Favor, I feel like just crawling under the piano. So she goes, go for it. So I did, and I crawled under the piano when uh, Kat was worshiping the Lord and just pouring her heart out, and the Lord healed me of a wound that I didn't even realize was there. And when I was a little girl, there was a situation where um, my dad's a pastor, and we had a church retreat every single winter, Um, but one year when I was about five years old, it was at a different location, and my little five-year-old said, well, this is a new place, then all the other brothers and sisters won't be able to find us. And there's one couple that didn't go to our church, but that came to the retreat, and they won't be able to see us. And so finally we got there, but then they had to leave early. And my little heart said, well, they said they'll say goodbye first, and if they can't say goodbye, then they can't leave, right? So I went and hid under the piano in the worship hall, and they didn't come find me. They couldn't find me. They tried. They couldn't find me. And... As I was under the piano, Holy Spirit just dropped in and reminded me of the memory and told me that that was where rejection and abandonment had set in, and I didn't even know. But what I also saw was Papa just sitting with me, and then every time I peeked around the piano trying to see if anyone was looking for me, he was like above me peeking out with me, you know? And it was just so precious that I got healed, but I think... That was awesome, right? God healing our hearts. But another, my most favorite part, though, was getting to bless Suzanne and Susan and Karina um, as, a, as a body, as the whole group of ladies, right? Like, just getting the whole room to stand up and watch them open their presence. And, and it's more than their presence, right? It's, it's, it's getting to say thank you. Thank you for hosting and being family and being mama and hosting a space where we can come and be ourselves, where we can come and truly be known, where we can come and it's okay to be goofy and silly and weird and love Jesus in every way that he expressed and created us to express him, right? And thank you for believing in us. Thank you for the sacrifices you guys have made Thank you for all the time and everything you've given up for celebrating and rejoicing with us and for um, listening to us, for counseling us, for just loving us so much. And to get to, as a group of ladies, say thank you and celebrate them was my favorite moment. Thank you for letting me share. It was awesome. You guys get to go to retreat. The next time it happens, please come.
ditto on all those thank yous. <laughs> it was a wonderful weekend, and, um, and I had a lot of breakthrough. I just um, I brought some of my notes from the weekend because um, I'm going to share some of the things that helped me um, get some breakthrough. So um, prior to last weekend, just for several months, I have just been so challenged in so many different ways and just struggling. Um, just, I, I feel like I don't have time for anything. I'm just like on this, this I'm, I'm just spinning all the time. And it's been like that for several months. It's been stressful. Um, so I came and I was just so glad to be there, not have any responsibility, just to relax. And um, Elizabeth Enlow, she is just an incredible communicator. And, um, and she just began saying some things that just broke it open for me. And I'm going to share some of what she said um, that helped me. She said, um, we were all given a different obstacle course to overcome. And when you choose to believe he is good and only good, that is no small matter. That is everything. And in that, you are overcoming. And... Um, and yeah, that was profound to me because sometimes you think that you have to be this strong person, but to be to overcome, you just really um, choose to believe that God is good. And um, one of the things that's happened over these last months is um, because I've been so busy, I've been challenged, lots of disappointments. I, I feel like I had um, just distanced myself from God. And it wasn't like it was on a conscious level. It was on an unconscious level. But it got to the point where I was upset with him for the way things were going in my life. And as Elizabeth started to speak these words, um, it, it really convicted me. I realized how much off, how, how far off that path I had gotten of not believing that he's good. And it just began to convict me in a way of, wow, what happened? Like, what happened to me? <laughs> and so um, just some other things that she shared that has helped me. Um, she brought up this phrase, the phrase of a song by Katie Torwalt. And it says, my soul will make this place an altar. And, um, and she talked about how when we, when we have these obstacles, that we bring those things before God. And we tell God, I'm choosing intimacy with you right now. I'm choosing to look at my obstacle through your eyes, the eyes of faith, hope, and love. I'm going to make this place an altar and thank you for this opportunity because I need you in a unique way right now. So the other thing she, she said which I loved um, because I've been practicing this, is she said, so you hit the pause button on the obstacle, show up in front of God, and say, I am yours no matter what. I may look really foolish right now for trusting you, but I'm going to do it anyways because you're worth it. If I can't see how worth it you are right now, I eventually will. And the Lord just started ministering just so many things. I started bringing him into these different areas where I have just distanced myself from him. And um, he started healing my heart and washing over me. 
And um, when I got home, you know, from the retreat, was everything perfect? No, it wasn't. But the one thing that I started doing was I, uh, this week, so many times, I just made an altar to him. And I started pulling him in. And even as I did that, I have to say that he started showing me that he is after something bigger in me than just my immediate circumstances. He is trying to root some things out of me where I had depended on myself in ways that I didn't depend on him. When I met up with certain circumstances, I just kind of went back to the old way of doing things and not asking him for help. And so um, th those keys, that, that making that altar really has helped me um, just get through this time. And the other thing is, I want to say that um, just what Carice was sharing about worship, how worship made a way for us this last weekend. You know, it, it really did. Like, it set the stage for things. It, it just, God just softened my heart through worship. I mean, all those songs I felt like were for me. I felt like Elizabeth Enloe being invited was for me. <laughs> but, you know, Again, Suzanne, Susan, and Karina, they have made a way for us. And then all the ladies that attended made a way for me because I felt so at peace. I felt so at rest, like I could let my guard down and I could just let God heal me. And so it was, it was a special weekend. It really was. It was um, just unforgettable. And um, then we had a couple of people. Um, yeah, just Marsha and Julia. They made these plaques for us, each one of us, with these butterflies and the Ephesians 1.17 scripture. And they put so much time into it for each one of us. Like, you, you, when they described how this was done, it was like, you know that they put hours upon hours. And so I just thank you all for being my family. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wow, thank you so much, Marilyn, for just opening up your heart. Wow, I just, I love testimony. I think it's, it's my favorite thing. If all I ever heard was testimony, I'd be, I'd be good. <laughs> um, but one, I have one more person, Jen, if you could come on up. Um, because I think for many of us, there was, there was a lot of things going on. For a lot of for us women, though, sometimes we get some insecurities coming up when you're go going to go away. I know for a lot, it was it was, there was a struggle being there with a group of women for a whole weekend, and there's no place you can go hide. There's always going to be someone there, and am I going to be okay? Are people going to like me? You know, those things just start when you're in kind of a different environment. Those sort of insecurities start, they start, sometimes have stirred up in me for sure. Um, and I know many of the women, and I just want to say right now, I'm so proud of so many of you that had those insecurities and you came anyway. That's courage. It's coming anyway. That's courage. It's not being so confident and not feeling anything. That's not courage. It's coming scared and coming anyway. So, so proud of you all for coming because we're learning this relationship thing together. We none of us had perfect families. <laughs> Some, yeah, more healthy than others. But we're all. But now we've been reborn into this amazing family of God, and now we get to learn with each other how it works. So I'm going to invite Jen. Jen had an amazing um, 
just story for herself about how it's been on this journey of learning to how to belong to God, to belong to a body. So just ask for her to share because I'm going to going to just follow her up with a little more and a little more from what she's she's starting here. So thanks, Jen. You want me to go up there? Okay. I was going to stay there. I guess I guess if I'm there, I might as well be here, right? Okay. Well, um, for the, the retreat this weekend, um, or last weekend, I didn't really have uh, a lot of expectations. I mean, I knew it was going to be great, but I just hadn't really thought about it. It's been a really busy time, and fr- we're all busy, so I didn't even think about it until I was on my way up Friday, you know? Okay, let me get in retreat mode, you know? But um, I, over the course of the weekend, I, I was surprised at myself because I was thinking I would be relaxing, alone time, whatever, but I was looking for these little opportunities to talk to people. And I... Um, when I walked into the dining hall and we have, you know, like six tables and you have to pick a seat and that's typically like no fun for me, you know, having to choose to sit. Like I like people to choose me, you know, that's a lot more comfortable. But I was, this time I was like, okay, where am I going to sit? Oh, I want to sit by her. I haven't talked to her much, you know, and I'm like, who is this person? You know, I'm, I was feeling so confident and so comfortable and I wasn't expecting it. It just kind of came, came on, you know, and and I would walk up to people and say, what are you doing? You know, like for the free time, you know, like, what am I going to do for the free time? But I was like, what are you guys doing? Can I come? And I'm like, I, I don't do that. You know, that's not something that I'm comfortable doing. And it was, it felt really good. And I, it felt like, like this was my retreat, not like I'm showing up at a party that nobody really knows me and somebody said I could come. It's like, it's my party. You know, it felt so different. And I realized that this is what it's like. Like, I belong. Like, I felt like I belong there. Like, you guys are my people. These women are my people. And I can walk up to them and say hi because I know that I'm valued and I know that I belong there. And that felt really good. I don't know if I've ever had an experience like that in my life. And... and um, I've been, you know, we've been coming to Blazing Fire for a f- few years, four years, and the retreat two years ago, it was, it was good, but it was, you know, there were some scary parts for me, just trying to allow myself to be seen, and it was good, you know, scary in the good way, um, but, um, like, when, when I was growing up, um, I didn't really have a very strong sense of who I was, so when people told me things about myself growing up, other kids, just experiences, I just, I believed it all. If somebody said something negative about me, I thought, well, that must be true. That's kind of how I grew up. So I had various lies about myself that I was believing, and it wasn't conscious, but when I look back, I believed that I was boring, uninteresting, that I wasn't smart. Um, you know, I never wanted to raise my hand and ask a question, because if it, what if it was a dumb question? Because deep down, I really felt like that's who I was, or I was afraid that's who I was, so I didn't want anybody to really get to know me and then tell me that, and like, oh my gosh, you know, like, it must be true, so I, I would just stay hidden. And when we first started coming to Blazing Fire, I remember the first couple interactions that I had with Russ and with Brent, and 
they would see things in me and tell me things about myself. And I would think to myself, like, what? Like, is that really me? Like, am I, are those good things, like, true about me? And, um, and at the same time, God was speaking to me. I would sit down and listen for, God, for God's voice. It was kind of a new thing at the time for me. And he would say all these wonderful things and go on and on and all this lovey-dovey stuff. And I'm like, what? You know, it was hard for me to receive it. So I went through this process of beginning to think about, well, what if this stuff is true? Like, what if they're right? Like, what if I, that is who I am? And just being brave and, and trying it out. You know, I felt safe. I felt like people wanted to know me. And, and I started taking those steps, you know, being scared, and, but trying anyway and talking to people and being honest and and then, like, receiving acceptance and understanding in return rather than, like, judgment or, you know, like, good luck with that. Or you're kind of a little much, you know. That was one of my fears, that if somebody really knew who I was, they would think, oh, you're too much. You know, I... So, so it's just this process over time of continuing to step out and be seen and being loved. And I feel like this weekend was, like the fruit of that. Like, I am really coming out. Like, I'm coming alive. I'm becoming that person that I was all along that I never knew that I could be. And even, like, the weird things about me, if I don't know the answer to a question or if something's kind of awkward, because I'm kind of awkward, you know? Like, I might say the wrong thing or I don't know. That's okay, because that's just part of who I am, and it's all lovable, and it's, and it's okay. And so feeling that way, I can walk into a room and I can talk to somebody and I can let myself be seen and know who I am, even if, you know, something weird happens. That can happen, but it's okay. So I guess, I guess that, that went really fast. I was going to try to take my time, but that was basically what I wanted to share, that this, this culture and this environment, it's a place where, yeah, where you can grow and be healed and come alive and it's, there's no place like it. But, yeah, thank you. Well, thanks, Jen. And I just told her, I want to be like you when I grow up, Jen. Because <laughs> I heard a few of you say, and me too. But we're all on that journey, aren't we? And that is, the, that is kind of, thank you, Russ. The journey, um, uh, a little bit higher. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I know this is a common theme for many, many, many of us. So why don't we pray? Because we all, Jesus, we all want to be known. We all want to feel that sense of belonging and acceptance, God. And we know it's got to come from you. Hey. Oh, we, and we, I ask tonight that you would grow that place in each one of us more tonight, of knowing we are exactly, each and every one of us is exactly who we're supposed to be in you, and that we can totally grow those, those roots of our, our worth and identity into you. And you will always meet us, you will always be there, and that we totally can walk into the room <laughs> and be ourselves and know that we have a place, know that we matter, God. And we just know that we know that we know it has to come from you, Jesus. 
It has to come from your, your perfect, unconditional love, God, because you're the source of all that is good. Jesus, we need more of that. I pray, God, for all of us tonight. Jesus, <laughs> you would just show us more clearly how much you love us. Yes, Jesus. Show. Ah. Oh, in, in your name, Jesus. Yes, yes. You know, I had actually had a dream last night, and I had been kind of thinking about sharing. Oh, this one story. I guess, I guess, if I were to give this talk a name, it'd probably be something like um, it'd be like accepted in the beloved, because for me, that's sort of what this is all about. Because there's. He always accepts us. He always believes in us. In this world, we can kind of mess up. And, you know, people are finite. People are limited. People don't always understand. Even the best of people can't be on all the time. But always, 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 our God, our King, is looking upon us and believing the best in us, accepting us in our worst moments, adoring us. Because he's the one who is perfect, all-loving, all-good, and it's his job to give that to us because that's where we live out of, his fullness. We don't have it in ourselves. We need to get it from him, and he's so willing to give it to us. So some years ago, I think it was the first or second year we were, we actually went to Burning Man to minister, we weren't there to participate so much in these stuff, in the events. We went to minister. We were part of a, a team that came in with a big dome and um, coffee, and we would minister to the burners. That's what they're called out on, if you're familiar with it. It's, it's sort of a, a, I don't know, a new agey festival out in the desert, for those of you who've never heard of it. It's kind of a kind of a crazy place, and you're there for a whole week in the desert. It's pretty intense time. So anyway, we were out there, and it's it's an it's an amazing place in some ways because people go there to experience themselves, to be accepted, to express who they really are in an atmosphere of acceptance. So there is this way in which, even though it's a very pagan environment, people are open to receiving like they aren't in many other settings. So this one particular woman came in, and I remember she was wearing little butterfly wings. It was all, she was so cute. But she came in, and she just had a lot of hurt in her heart. And she sat down, and we started ministering to her and praying to her. And she was, I think, very new agey. She didn't really um, know Jesus at the time. As we started ministering to her, she just curled up in a fetal position. And it was very clear God was taking her back in utero and ministering to her. And it just went on for maybe an hour. She is in, in utero and just waves and waves and waves of his grace and glory were pouring over her. And you could just see his presence on her, the transformation, the tears, the 
the laughter, the tears, laughter, wave after wave. I don't know how long it went on, an hour or two probably. She was just being so hit by power. And we would say something now and then. We'd pray something now and then. But for the most part, it was a power encounter with God. And at the end of this time, she starts sort of, you know how you start coming to after you've been under the power like that? And she just starts saying, it's unconditional love. It's unconditional love. It's unconditional love. That is this love, like Jen was talking about, that you start experiencing, that you realize. It doesn't matter. My best day, my worst day. The love God has for me does not change. It's the same. He adores me. He loves me. And it so healed her heart. She, just, she got radically saved out of that whole situation. She's like, what is this? And so it was so easy to just to start talking to her about Jesus at that. It's like, that was Jesus. That was Jesus revealing himself to her. She's like, I want this Jesus. It was beautiful. Um, there's nothing like that. There is nothing like that. This love he offers us, it's, it's so beyond. It's not just bigger than, than human love or better than. <laughs> it is just so beyond. But yet, but yet, we as his kids are given full access to it, aren't we? We can tap into it. It's always available to us. Always, always. We all need this love, this kind of love, down deep in our heart. We all need it. We will all be craving it for the rest of our life. There is the scripture Russ would, was saying, come to the waters, all you are thirsty, come and drink. This is what we want to come and drink, that unconditional grace and love and mercy. This is what your heart is thirsting for, and this is what will satisfy you. And it really is the only thing, doesn't it? Doing good stuff for God, it's good. Never satisfying. Having wonderful relationships, those are good. But they even don't quite satisfy, do they? It's got to be the source of all creation. Our King, our God, that's what fills those void, that void inside. We have an innate, we're born with an innate need to belong, to know that we matter, to know that we're accepted, that people want to be with us, that God wants to be with us. That's in us. That's sort of, we're oriented, we're imprinted on needing that. We come, when we're born, we are in Christ, we come out of the kingdom of this earth. We're orphans. Even if you're raised in a good loving family, we're still orphans because of the fall, aren't we? We're still orphaned. There's still something miss, missing. But when we are saved, we are born again into the kingdom of heaven where we, are become, we become sons and daughters of the one most high and we now belong to him. We now belong to him. I want to read Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, which I think expresses this very eloquently. 
This is from, um, I think, Amplified. Even as in his love he chose us as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world. He chose you before not only were you a twinkle in your parents' eyes, he chose you before your parents, before your grandparents, he chose you. He looked down through history, he saw you, he wanted you, he knew you already. He already wanted you. You were chosen before you could know that you were chosen. And he chose us that we would be holy, consecrated and blameless in his sight. You're perfect to him in Christ. How could he not pour out his unconditional love upon you? You're perfect to him. That's what happened when you were reborn in him. You became his perfect son, his perfect daughter. You belong in every way to him. You are blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he foreordained us planned in love for us to be adopted as his own children through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purpose of his will because, <laughs> I love this part, because it pleased him. He didn't do this to fix you up. He didn't do this to pull you out of the muck. Those things happen, but it pleases him. It pleases him to make you pure and holy and belonging to him. It pleases his heart because he loves you so much and he wants you so much. He adores you. We are so accepted and valued and chosen in him. Oh, hey. Having a hard time getting through the scripture. <laughs> okay, the one... <laughs> Okay, the, ah, the last part, six. So that we might be to the praise of his glorious grace, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved. And many of the versions would, would refer to that as being accepted, which is being chosen, which is being wanted in the beloved very intentionally known, desired, intended. There's nothing accidental. There's nothing uh, that this was somehow utterly dependent on you to make this decision. He wanted you before you decided for him. He wanted you before you could even respond. He wanted you. That's what it means to belong to him. There's nothing you can do about it. You belong to him, and there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes we think we mess stuff up, you know? We have a bad day, have a bad attitude. I had one of those days recently where I was having a bad attitude, and it made me feel like, you know, I, you know better on one level, but on the other hand, there's a struggle inside where you kind of feel bad about yourself. Or I felt feeling bad about myself. I should be doing better than this, right? <laughs> I should just break myself out of this, but, but it, it, took, it took me a while to get back to him. 
even though he was there the whole time. <laughs> I'm not turning away from you. I don't. Because he won't. He can't. It's not in his nature to ever turn away. He can't. Unconditional love cannot turn away from his own. He can't do it. We, we do it. <laughs> we just don't know we're doing it. <laughs> like, who was it that was up? Oh, Marilyn was saying that. I, I didn't even know. How did that happen? I, you know? Oh, I've been there, yeah, many a time. <laughs> So when we start receiving this unconditional love, we start to realize we don't have to harden our heart. We don't have to self-protect. We don't have to wall off. Because they're so focused on how accepted and loved we are in Him, it kind of starts, it's like that scripture, if God is for me, who could be against me? Who cares what people think? Because, gosh, what I got going on right here, you know? Yeah, you can't touch this. (laughs) You cannot touch what's going on in this connection of that perfect acceptance that comes from our God. And I understand, I, I know, I understand that sometimes there is so much pain inside that you try so hard to do that and to believe that that it feels like just it's really, really hard work sometimes. I, I get that. I totally get that. But I also think there's a way in which we do that. We want to we be honest about maybe what's going on inside with the pain, but there are times, and I've been feeling this in myself of, lately, there are times we just need to get our focus back on him. There are times we just need to do that. And he'll show you when it's time to go back you know, do a little digging again, but just get our focus back on him. And I want to I point out this scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, very familiar to all of you, I'm sure, because I saw something different in this scripture. Um, this is 2 Corinthians 3.18, something a little different um, recently. Um, this is amplified again. And all of us with unveiled face continue to behold the glory of the Lord and we are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another for this comes from the Lord who is the spirit we look upon his face and one way we look upon his face as just being in place of adoration and worship and just being in his presence. That is absolutely a way that we are looking upon his face. But I want to encourage you, there's another way we look upon his face, and that's by looking into his word with your spirit. We look into this word. Ephesians 1, 4 through 6, we are looking into the face of God. We are looking into the face of unconditional love and acceptance. When he says to us, he chose you as his own in Christ. You're looking at his face. You're looking at an adoring father. You're looking at a, uh, a ravished son. <laughs> That's what you're looking at there. You're looking at, I would do anything it takes to be in your presence. I will do anything it takes. I will do whatever it takes to be with you for the rest 
of our lives together because that's what he did. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he adores you. We look into the truth of the word and you allow, it's not that we memorize it or just think about it, but we look into the word. We look into that truth. We, are, we allow our spirit to come alive. You start asking yourself, well, what does that mean for my life? Because that's what he's saying to you when he's looking at you. He's saying to you, I chose you, I foreordained you, I planned you in love to be adopted as my own. That's your Father. That's our Jesus. That you might be to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has already bestowed upon you, accepted in the Beloved. When I was young, I was kind of, um, you know, didn't feel real accepted, didn't feel like um, anybody really liked me, at least not in my family. <laughs> Felt like I was just a problem. Um, so anytime I, yeah, I did, yeah, I, I could do something wrong, I was going to be in trouble. I could not do something wrong and feel like I was going to be in trouble. And there was a time I, I went for an inner healing session with somebody on my team because we always practice on each other. And so this particular time, a memory came up, and I've always been I was always perplexed. Why does that memory come up? Because it doesn't seem to be any kind of a big deal. You have some of those where this is certain memory is lodged in your brain, and you're like, I don't even know why. It just didn't seem like a big deal. So the memory went like this. I was over at my neighbor's house, and we had one of those wonderful neighborhoods, actually, where we knew all our neighbors, and there was kids everywhere, and we all kind of knew each other and played together. So I'm over at my neighbor's house and um, my f with my friend Kenneth. And I don't know how exact. I was a little older than him. I'm thinking I'm maybe five, four. I'm four or five, and he's maybe a year younger, something like that. So we are sitting at the kitchen table coloring, okay? And his mom starts telling him the colors. <laughs> this is a little embarrassing, but, well, I was a little kid. Anyway, I... <laughs> I'm feeling like I am at home because at home, whatever's going on, I'm going to be, sh I just, you know, somebody's going to be making fun of me and shaming me is what's going through my head. So I think she's making fun of me because I already know my colors. Thank you very much. So <laughs> she starts telling him the colors and I start getting annoyed and frustrated like, oh, I already know my colors. And I guess I got so angry <laughs> sitting there. I pushed off from the table and my chair went boop and I'm like laying down right I flipped the chair over, and I'm just laying there going, oh, no, now I'm in really big trouble. Because <laughs> um, I, I mean, I had a little temper tantrum, basically. Because <laughs> I thought she was making fun of me, and she wasn't. She was just telling him his colors. But I was shocked. She so calmly looked at me and just said, I was just telling Kenneth his colors. I'm like, I'm not in trouble. Unconditional love came to visit me that day. And in that little heart sink session that I was having, <laughs> guess who else flipped his chair over? <laughs> Jesus was sitting there, <laughs> and he flipped his chair. 
And he's smiling and laughing. He's like, yeah, I flipped my chair over too. (laughs) That's what our Jesus is like. He understands us, our every thought. He accepts us in our goofiest, silliest moments. Because when we're weak, we're strong. Because when we're weak, we got to grab onto him because there's no place else to grab a hold of. And he's like, I'm right there when you're weak. I'm right there when, you know, you're having a bad day. When you've made a big mistake, I'm right there. And I understand you like the world does not understand you. I get you. And I believe in you. I'm going to read just... um, That's scripture from Ephesians. One more time. This is is from the Passion Translation. I encourage you maybe to just even if you want to close your eyes and listen to him. Speak this to your heart, because this is for you. Straight from his heart to yours. And he chose you to be his very own. Joining you to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love. He ordained us as one with Christ from the beginning so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt you as his delightful child so that his tremendous grace that cascades over you would bring him glory for the same love he has for you, his beloved, for, for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for you. The same love he has for Jesus in every way he has for you. In every way, that same union he has with Jesus Jesus has with the Father, he has for you. I encourage you while you're in that place to ask this question. (laughs) Jesus, what would my life look like if I really believed I was chosen and accepted in the beloved. That there would never be a thing I could do or think or say that could cause you to turn away. What would my life look like?
just feel like there's some some wave some waves waves of his presence coming over oh right now just receive oh just drink in oh just drink in that perfect acceptance his adoration for you just drink it in the good thoughts he has for his own. You are his own. So the kids are coming back now. <laughs> so that means you parents, some of your parents will have to <laughs> come back and pay, pay attention to them. But I just, gosh, I bless each and every one of you to know you're irreplaceable. You're planned. You're needed. You're unique. You're amazing. And nobody can be who you are. And we need you to be you. So I'm wondering if we could just put on some music, some, some music, and if there's any prayer teams to, uh, yeah, could come forward. So if anybody would like to receive just a little more prayer um, for any reason... Thank you, Jesus. Mm.